probably did hate Mayo and we thought it was hate at the time because these guys are trying to take away our dreams. The Football Pod live Thursday June 2nd in Castle Bar. Check out otbsports.com forward slash events and get your tickets now. Back in my time as a manager of Pats when Curtis Fleming was playing, when Paul Ozan was playing, and where Pats had Paul McGrath played before that, and since then they had lots of other players and Joseph and Doe and Charles uh, and Bassey Livingston, you know, and other players that played around the league. Did we all kind of sit idly by and just kind of pass it off and say, oh, well, it wasn't bad, there was a bit of stick from the crowd, and, and did we just let it go, but it wasn't too bad? TB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. 7.30, Friday morning, OTB AM. Very good morning to you. And welcome along to the show. Pack show is always coming your way between now and 10 this morning. Oh, and good morning. Uh, Colm, how are you? Adrian, Francis Barry. That was this weird moment on air where we're like, oh, how are you getting on? You're here. I'm here. Yeah, but don't I'm, worry, everybody. He's over there. Oh, and how are you getting on? Good lads, what's the crack? Where are you? I am outside the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've just sat here all thinking night. about life decisions all night, watching the people come and go, people uh, go home in the middle of the night, people get up in the middle of the night to go to work, people go about their day while I've just sat here thinking. Wallowing in your tears. That's it. Tears of uh, sadness and tears of realisation that Arsenal are always going to Arsenal. They really are. I was talking to, uh, we were both on the news round last night, we were talking to Nathan, we were saying it'd be the most Arsenal thing of all time if at this point, if, given all the credit they've been given all season and how well they're doing and everybody talking, including your mate Ainsley, about that four-point gap and how, you know, last night was an important game. If they get away with a draw, not so bad. I mean, if they get beaten, it doesn't really matter because they can go on and kick on to the end of the season. But the the most Arsenal thing of all time, on is is upon us, isn't it? I'm not, like, ugh, I don't know, to be honest. I think that the reason why people were pretty confident about a four-point gap is that if there was a bit of a catastrophe last night, then there was still a small cushion. And Arsenal have rebounded weirdly from bad spells in the not-too-distant past. When they lost those three games in a row last month, it seemed as if the whole season was over. And then they beat Manchester United and Chelsea and West Ham in back-to-back-to-back games. And all of a sudden, this top-four thing was back on after it seemed like it was doomed. So I think that it's not over. And but the, reason the fixture why list. Were, oh, and think of the, somebody think of the fixture list. What, what do you mean? You think that the, the, the Newcastle game is a, is a significant yeah. challenge? Is, is that what you mean? Yeah. It, it, probably, it probably is. Newcastle don't have anything to play for. Uh, like, I mean, and you, you obviously know what Burnley did to Tottenham in their last fixture uh, when they played in the league. It looked like... Uh, <laughs> it looked like Conte was almost going to walk out the last time they played Burnley. So, uh, if you, like... Uh, I think that the main reason why you would be concerned about these last couple of games is because Arsenal's momentum has been halted, completely halted after last night. I, yeah. I'm actually not convinced it's it's got all that much to do with the opponents that are playing in the last couple of games. I think I think this probably comes back to your point. I think if they don't pick up six points in the last couple of games, it will be an Arsenal job because they'll have done something stupid themselves or, you know, the suspension now and the injury to Gabriel all feels quite Arsenal and all feels like something that will lead them to concede a goal that they shouldn't concede on Monday night for example and that might lead to a one-all draw and all of a sudden the whole thing is dust so yeah. it's hard to know how Arsenal it is 
but I, I do think that it, it might be self-inflicted if they weren't to get six points from here. It might be the beginning of, a, of an arsenal. We'll talk a bit more about that and the Arteta interview, particularly obviously after the game in just a little bit, uh, and those two lads over your right-hand shoulder. What uh, what was it like in the stadium last night? What sort of a JD is raving about this place as a ground? Yeah, genuinely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And it does feel that Spurs are onto something special. Like, it, it, like this is my first time at it, at the stadium, and I'm getting a North London derby, which had a lot riding on it. So I expected to get the best version of this stadium out there. But obviously, like, I mean, it, it does seem that there is only uh, so much of a level that I can actually drop down to on its worst days as well. So I, I think that they're, they're really on something special with this place. The, the fan base are fully behind this team, as you'd expect them to be for a North London derby as well. Everybody desperately wants Conte to stay. It feels like they're on the right path, uh, or so they have been over the last couple of months as well. They've got a stadium to match it. There's a chance they'll have Champions League football to match it next season. Uh, it's it's sickening if you don't like Tottenham all that much with how uh, how beautiful the, the whole thing is. What's so special uh, about it? Good question. That's that's the intangible, isn't it? When it comes to it, it's just a, the, the genuine sense of noise all around the place last night. Like the maybe I'm kind of like basing it on the fact that I've just been in the Aviva Stadium a lot over the last couple of months. Parky Rain, Park, as where, one of our YouTubers, uh, YouTube point, yeah, good point, good point. Where like sound like leaks out, uh, like the it, it did feel. I'm not gonna lie when I when I saw that you know the, the south stand in this stadium behind me was it was kind of like modelled on the cop or the yellow wall. I did feel a little bit pretentious. But it does actually work, and it is an intimidating place to play in front of. Like, I mean, you had Arsenal players taking corners and having projectiles in their general direction from that stands, but it is right on top of you. There is very, very little breathing room between the, the goal and that stand, and the same goes for the other ends. It's a massive stadium, and all of the Tottenham fans are right on top of you. It almost felt last night, how does anybody come here and actually win? But it always feels like that when a team has a significant win and they win 3 It always feels like this, a, a team can't be beaten, or the team that does get beaten is in a terrible, terrible place. But the, the, the noise and the, the sense that this is a, this is a stadium where, things are, where special things are about to happen, you, you, you definitely got that sense from last night. Whether or not it does... I'm not sure. Like Arsenal could win their last two games, Conte could get fed up and walk out, and all of a sudden they've got a massive stadium that they may not even be able to fill over the next little while. But last night, <laughs> if, you, if, you were judging, if, if you were judging, if you were judging it on last night, you're, you would definitely be thinking, "Wow, okay, they're they're onto something here at Tottenham." Owen, oh, uh, Gary Neville was saying on Sky Sports commentary towards the end of the match, it was the best atmosphere he had been part of all season long. Was it right. consistently? unbelievable throughout the entire match was there any dip in atmosphere because I always feel when there's a goal scored right at the start of the second half a lot of people are still away so was when Son scored was there a, still an equally huge reaction to the two Harry Kane goals in the first half just about because they stopped serving the, at the bars as, I, 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 as soon as the teams came back out I presume because uh, I was out there trying to just get a cup of coffee and was like, okay, I'm not going to get served coffee. here. It was just shortly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was just shortly after everybody got out, it was like uh, Son had scored. So it, it did seem like the place was full again. So that's a good move. And I know most stadiums do that nowadays anyway, when the game is on, you can't actually get a pint. So that's uh, that definitely helps it. But yeah, no, I, I, I didn't hear, I didn't know that Gary Devil said it. And it's interesting that he did say it because I, I think uh, the, the Tottenham fans knew they had a, a significant part to play last night in, in intimidating Arsenal. A young Arsenal team, the youngest team in the league, uh, who clearly and it clearly worked they got inside their heads and they completely underperformed last night even allowing for 10 men 
And yeah, it was, it was a constant drumbeat of we love Spurs and we hate Arsenal uh, around the whole ground. And I actually think the early goal helps in, in that regard, the, the penalty. I think everybody is in party mode at that point and it, and it kind of helps. And uh, like, of course, the Arsenal fans, a significant chunk of them left early. But most of the Spurs fans hung around, it seemed anyway, till well after the full-time whistle. Speaking of penalty, Mikel Arteta afterwards, with Jeff Street and Sky Sports, was absolutely raging. He went full Pep Guardiola, Hmm. went, I'm very proud of my players. If they play like this, they'll have no problem against Newcastle. But more to the point, he was saying that uh, if he says anything at all, he's going to be suspended for six months. But I don't know about you from your uh, stadium perspective, but as a TV viewer, Stonewall penalty. What did you think first time around seeing it? I didn't think it was a penalty first time I saw it. And then when I saw the replay, I thought, yeah, it is a penalty. And like without trotting out like uh, the, the cliche about a referee, it would have just been interesting if he hadn't given it, had be, would be a or have overturned it. And I, and I don't think it, it would have done. So I don't think it was a stonewall at all. But I think that once you give it, VAR is not going to overturn it. So maybe that that is the, the, the hometown decision that you do get uh, in a place like that. And I, I think that... Um, like it was, it, it was a foul. It was a foul. Like it was, it's, like yeah. I don't think Mikel Arteta can be complaining about the fact that that, that it was a penalty or not. And I, I can understand why he's gone siege mentality. Yeah. though. like what, what other what other option does he have exactly. after that? Like it, it was chastening, and they've lost a couple of players, and uh, like their squad is already extremely thin. They're in... he can start moaning about the referee now with like no, but Newcastle uh, and Everton to come, and like he suddenly like you know look Robbie Keane was making a good point last night that in the in the dressing room. He's going to be going off. He's going to be giving it the big one. He's going to be saying like ball and holding out of it, uh, and that's and that's all fair. And it's pro- it, probably the point of the season he's at with a couple of games to go. This thing could totally unravel. He probably has to come but, out and do an Arsene Wenger, basically, isn't he? Well, hold, like, I are we? Are you not just getting like completely carried away with the scale of this? The, the, what, what Arsenal have done this season by calling it a, a complete unraveling, like. They lost to a better team last night. Tottenham are a better team than Arsenal. Chelsea are a better team than Arsenal. Manchester United are a better team than Arsenal. Arsenal somehow, going into last night, were a point behind Chelsea. And I don't know what that is. Like, is that a complete fluke? Is it actually the fact that they've managed to get more than the sum of their parts out of every single game? It's because they haven't been playing European football all season. Something has happened this season that has allowed Arsenal to overachieve on that Premier League table in, in terms of their position. So, I'd, like an unraveling? Is that? Are we really uh, going to put the sound as an unraveling? Uh, oh, and you're like, yearing I, I it. So. You're yearing it away. Like to have some confidence in your own boys. They're a point ahead of Spurs. They're a one point better off team than Spurs. Well, so last night was I'm a massive yearing. underperformance. It was a huge underperformance. I'm not, I'm not yearing anything away. I'm saying that's my exact point. I'm saying that like, this is like overachieving. It's been a very very strong. Oh come on! Did you like, just say you Manchester United are a better team than Arsenal? You'd look, I mean, I'm talking about on paper. If you look at those squads on paper at the start of the season and you, you're that's telling fair. me that Arsenal would have finished ahead of Manchester no, United, that's fair. That is you would have been fair. off your that rocker. Totally the, 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 the evidence, Chelsea. The, that, is, that is totally fair. But the evidence what we've seen is that Manchester United are better than very few other teams in the league. And like, look, at it, the, the point is also fair in terms of like maybe they're ahead of their trajectory and maybe it speaks more to the mediocrity of the teams, let's say, beneath... Chelsea, because it's a bit of a bun fight for, you know, if anybody of any quality to put their hand up, then then you know they would have taken fourth. But that's that's totally fair. But I will say that Arsenal have obviously got an awful lot of credit for you know that people aren't really now. Look at I say it in the context of what happened last night, but people aren't really talking about the 
lily-livered mentality of Arsenal anymore. Now, look at, again, last night might have been the biggest counterpoint that he could possibly uh, have, but, you know, that he is beginning to... He is turning the ship. He's turning the tide. There's a lot of, um, like, young, quality players there at the club now in a way that, like, you know, you add a few more... A sprinkling of quality there, and suddenly you have a team. They're not. They're definitely not competing for the what is it, twenty plus points for the uh, cities in Liverpool. But like a little sprinkling, surely on they're not that far off um, so competing for third. Yeah, I'm just like I'm just trying to think. Like, what what is what what's your kind of summation on Arsenal? Then is it that they are in the rarefied era of being one of the top teams in the league outside of the top two? Or is it that they are lily-livered and, and are no, punching above their weight? Like, I, what's, I, what's I, buy the, I buy the Arteta has changed it and, um, you know, there are real signs of progression there. Look at, I'm sure we've been discussing that for the last number of months. Uh, last night is a huge... Last night, I think, is a, is a real sideswipe in terms of that, that overall plan. Uh, it'll, be so, it'll be one that people forget about if they can get the job done against Newcastle and Everton, but... Um, I just you would be concerned on the basis of what you saw last night. Um, what am I saying? I'm saying that I think they're not far off being the third best team in the Premier League. I think if you're if you can afford to leave out a player as talented as Emil Smith Rowe in a North London derby, you've a pretty good team. Mm. Now I do fear I, for that, Arsenal uh, defensively in the next game because by my reckoning they're going to play what they're going to play Cedric right back, Tavares will come in left back, and then Tommy Asa will have to play centre half with. Uh, and not match fit Ben White like yeah, that. now that's ropey and Newcastle last day of the season might want to uh, have a nice wave off to the fans for a fantastic second half to the campaign under Eddie Howe if we, the Everton game would be more worrying for me yeah well uh, like Everton could be home and hose by yeah. the final day of the season right like that's the, that's what Arsenal need to hope for that, that the fixtures go their way this weekend and that, are, that Everton are, are home and so they're during the Premier League next season uh, Arsenal are at home in that final game and Everton have been terrible on the road I would say so I think Monday night I, and I, I think Spurs, if they had to pick one of the horses to, to bet on, they'd be picking the Newcastle horse rather than the Everton one at this point, would be my guess, because I think they've got more of a chance of beating Arsenal. And especially considering the, the wound will still be a little bit fresh. Like, I know Conte was complaining afterwards that Spurs have to play on Sunday at 12 o'clock and Arsenal can wait until Monday night. That might be significant, that, that Arsenal can wait until Monday night to just have that extra day just to get over it. But just to go back to what you said there, Colin, I think the Emil Smith-Rowe thing, you're right. I mean, having that player, a player of that quality on the bench should suggest squad depth, but it's a complete exception. Like you can't use Emil Smith Rowe and say there is a good sub on the bench, therefore they have squad depth. It is literally the only area where they have the bench last That's I the definition say. of <laughs> squad depth if you want to be White technical about not it. Fit. He I know. Ben White it's a was joke. Not it's a fit. joke going. It's a joke. Like, it's a joke. Uh, a like joke. I mean so next man up after um Emil Smith Rowe is Nicola Pepe, who has been not one of the worst signings of all time by Arsenal. That would be too strong, but uh, a bit of a waste of money. Uh, like they do not have a squad depth. That's the one thing. Like this is such high stakes for Arsenal compared to Tottenham. That Tottenham will, like, if, if you're starting from scratch again from next season with these two same squads, of course Tottenham should be finishing ahead of Arsenal. The only way Arsenal finish ahead of Tottenham next season, or sorry, the only way Arsenal really give themselves a good advantage of finishing ahead of Tottenham next season is by being in that fourth spot and Tottenham not being in there. And if they're going for the same sort of players, that Arsenal are grabbing them with the. Uh, the carrot of Champions League football. That's why this is so important for Arsenal. I actually think Spurs can get away with finishing fifth, and if they keep Conte, they will be in with a good shot of finishing top four next season and uh, going on a good run in the Europa League. I think the likes of Harry Kane are frantic these last two games because we need the Champions League to keep this man in charge. Because I think Antonio Conte, he's renting and he's looking to buy. He wants something else. He has that PSG job lined up. 
he likes working with the biggest players. I don't think uh, Conte at this stage in his career, considering all he's achieved, has any interest in the Europa League. Well, you saw yeah, Jose Mourinho they, they, I mean, about I, the, crying I, about the Conference League the other week. Yeah, but that's so. Jose loves his CV and his Wikipedia to keep him scrolling. Like, the mm. more you can scroll on Mourinho's CV, the happier he is. But with Conte, he, he wants big time. He's in it for the big time, baby. Whereas Arteta... Ah, there's no work, question you that can if work. they don't... So, Arsenal don't have European football this year. So, Europa League next year. You're not saying... Pretty if, good if progress. You're after Champions League. You're not saying Conte leaves on the basis of not making the Champions League. I don't think he's 100% committed to Spurs, but he's a fantastic manager and the players are reacting to him. That would be my uh, vision of it from the outside. Now, maybe he's maybe he's never been more committed to a job, but I get the impression with him. You know, it was only a couple of months ago after the Burnley uh, defeat Turf Moor. He was like, oh, I can't get anything out of these players. Which he literally said it was like maybe I should right. just go, maybe I should just leave. He he's two results away from doing that again. Um, MJ Maloney in touch here on YouTube. Nobody expected Arsenal to even finish in the top six for them to be fourth with two games to go. Arteta would have taken that all season long. Uh, a bit of perspective, please, uh, he says. And uh, more comments here from RD. Arsenal shot themselves in the foot getting rid of Aubameyang and not bringing in a striker. Uh, and also saying that Spurs' last two games are favourable, and like on the face of it, absolutely. Um, but that would be. Uh, we will see what happens, obviously, over the next. Well, the manager's conversation was a kind of an interesting one. I was looking at Arteta last night. I think it was after the penalty decision, and instead of ranting and raving, he was straight over to one of his assistant coaches, and he was like knee deep in a conversation about how are we going to respond to this tactically. And I thought, wow, well that's impressive. So that's the way he was all night, right? <laughs> I was just about to say that's interesting because every time I look down. It was Arteta in the fourth official's ear constantly. Now, Conte does it a lot, but Mikel Arteta is on a level above. And it does feel that it's something that we've got a really good sense of on television all season long. But when you're there and you can actually see it happen, it's, it's, it's quite extraordinary. Like it, it did seem that there was a, a bit of a conflab after the sending off about whether or not they'd bring on Ben White. Mm. I presume that's what they were talking about, and that was obviously the big decision. And again, this is when it, this is all about perspective and your perspective on Arsenal. Was it a sense of throwing in the towel, or was it a sense of shrewd think? move, Mikel Arteta? I kind of felt at the time it was throwing in the towel, I'm not going to lie, because I maybe there was kind of like a bit of a hangover from what happened against Leeds last week, where Arsenal were a man up and two goals up, and... Uh, at home and they still almost conspired to collapse because there was a, a weird goal they conceded. I thought if Arsenal could get one goal, Spurs could have felt a little bit shaky last night. So I thought they should have gone for it. But then kind of when in, in the, the, the coldness of this Friday morning, you're like, OK, having a fully fit Ben White for Newcastle on Monday is more important. And uh, like, I mean, that's probably what it came down to. And if they win and Ben White starts and like, I guess after that point, Gabriel gets injured. So it's even more important to have Ben White back there. Uh, I, I think that it could prove to be a, a shrewd move, but I'm sure hindsight will judge him cruelly one way or the other. You know what struck me was the uh, extent of the deliberation and conversation about what to do after Rob Holding was sent off. It was so intense between all the coaches, but yeah, it felt to me at the time watching he's uh, he's given up in this match. He's going to he he's going to put all his uh, eggs in the in the Newcastle and Everton baskets because you know he's a man down, he's a goal down. It did look to me like that, and Jamie Redknapp was very adamant that that was the case at half time as well. And I, I'd love to know, did you get a sense afterwards from Arsenal fans that that's what they felt on? This is, uh, do, you remember the, do you remember the Millennium Stadium a few months ago? Where, uh, what was the question? <laughs> What's happening? What's no, talk, talk to the people there, on. No, uh, no uh, I, I actually didn't hear your question coming. Well, the, the, Sorry. The, the interesting thing for me about the Ben White uh, 
situation last night was like they obviously they, you presume that they had had a conversation in advance right about like here are the scenarios in which Owen is after getting uh, having to turn his machine off I think he's been sort of Millennium Stadium revisited the Principality Stadium revisited there I think he in that the security guards come over and gone listen pal are you what are you doing here are you yeah. live broadcasting are you kidding me like, get out uh, of here we've all had our fun well, they're fun. You've been out here. Come on. Bagging, bagging. You've been here since 4 a.m., son. Um, I, the Ben White one, and we leave it in this because Owen's been talking to some of the fans that we uh, want to hear from as well after the stadium, after the after the match last night around the stadium, many of whom left early and Owen had to leave himself a bit early to get out uh, ahead of them. The Ben White situation, the only thing that I th- thought was slightly weird about it, why was it a conversation? Either you've decided he's fit enough to be in the squad and he's on the bench and he's getting the energy drinks in and he might come in, but... The weirdness of that was that then after the game, uh, when Arteta was asked about it, he was like, "No, it was never a situation that we would bring Ben White on. That was just not true." Yeah, it was, and I think it was an absolute last case scenario. Like, I don't actually subscribe to the opinion that oh, if you're on the bench, you're fit enough to play. I think if you're on the bench, you're probably not fit enough to play if you're an important player. So it's a total to emergency situation. Point, yeah, but, yeah, but was, he was thought it was not, too early. Well, I mean, was this that was not an emergency situation then last night. Well, I think it. He need they needed the quality of Ben White in, but the problem was the time of the match. I think if that had happened, maybe twenty minutes into the second half, the only no doubt about to that it. is he said there was no Ben White was not playing tonight. It was not the right thing to do. But they did the same with uh, Calvin Phillips at Leeds. Jesse March put him on the bench a good few times before he had any real intention of playing him. He admitted that they played away to Wolves on Friday night football. Jamie Carragher but, and Gary but never a asked him about because he was getting ready to come on Ben White. He was, but I think they. I think Arteta decided. I think. I think that's where the deliberation was coming from. The coaches, I feel, were saying to Arteta, "We need to bring him on," and he was thinking, "No, it's too early for him to come on." Because if you go to a scenario where White either gets sent off uh, or injured, then they really are screwed against Newcastle on Monday night. And, and think about it too: Arsenal are in the driving seat here. They're they are a point ahead despite last night's performance. They actually it's totally in their control, oh, and they have every capability of beating right Newcastle. And everything. Who would you rather be, Tottenham or Spurs? Because of their last two games and I wouldn't trust Arsenal. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Oh, and are you back? Yeah, yeah, all good. Uh, <laughs> Do you want to tell us I'm what happened? Ah, oh, just, just uh, two gentlemen coming along, uh, having, a, having a coffee, having a smoke, you know, Friday morning, the weekend is here. Basically, we're heartbroken at my present. Because you all our situation, being homeless and that, yeah, we was hoping that that, that can cheer us up to have us to so have a good day. Depending on Arsenal to cheer you up, probably yeah, not the most dependent on exercise, unfortunately. As I get a good result, yeah, we'll be cheered up. You get me? I get motivated. You get me? But right now, man's down. You get me? Yeah, but life goes on, innit? You get me? Yeah, that's at the end of it. You get me? Because we'll see you ahead on point. You get me? Yeah. yeah. Life goes on is the, the message uh, from North London this morning. I, I wish all Arsenal fans had that level of perspective. I'm getting it eventually, you know, as I said, the cold mists of Friday morning do come along. You're like, you know what? Things aren't that bad. And I disagree with you, Colm. I would rather be in Arsenal's position. One point ahead, as Alex Ferguson always says, points on the board. And that would motivate that defeat. You get me? Maybe if I won here, would I be complacent? Owen's subconscious talking there. Uh, yeah, and 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 uh, he has had an interesting little time with uh, fans. On haven't you? You were uh, you had to get out of the stadium a little bit early last night to get ahead of the posse, get out amongst the fans. Fraud, it was a fraud situation, a bit like it is this morning. Yeah, it absolutely was. Um, I like. I guess what you'll see at the end of this uh, piece um, is that everybody who saw me with the red microphone 
I thought I was with Arsenal Fan TV, which kind of created a few moments of confusion and maybe some funny moments. But genuinely, there does seem to be a, a real distaste amongst the Arsenal fans, some Arsenal fans, sorry, I should say, uh, for AFTV. And there was uh, one guy who approached me pretty much straight after the game and was like, uh, F off with your silly little camera, you effing see you next Tuesday. And I was like, wow, okay, uh, this is great. a great decision to be in amongst the Arsenal fans in the aftermath of this. So um, there's a, a lot of people who were, yeah, who, who weren't happy whatsoever to see uh, the mic last night. But uh, other than that, I think Spurs fans, who were the majority, of course, were pretty delighted with the results. Yeah. All right, we'll take that uh, video now. Home with the fans after the match. So it's finished Spurs 3, Arsenal nil at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I have a mic that has a red cover on it, therefore everybody thinks I'm working with Arsenal Fan TV. Nevertheless, here is what the Arsenal fans and, of course, the Spurs fans thought after that win for Tottenham. Oh, incredible. Oh. Fantastic. Ecstatic. It's uh, amazing. Incredible. Great, great performance. Amazing. Magic time. Magic. A- absolutely elated. It's just a brilliant, brilliant game. We've got to keep this manager, can't we? Because he, he, he is a different, different fish to Pochettino. i got sweets because I've got a sweet tooth, sugar addiction. I've got a programme. Lovely programme. My tea towels are all old and manky. So sorry, Mum, I'm going to throw out your old tea towels. Got some new ones. And of course, what Spurs fans' home is complete without a fridge magnet. Yeah, I love that. Yeah? Yeah, that's probably the best guy I've been to this season. Yeah? Yeah, toss it up. Come on, you Spurs. That's happening, is it? He's your jadu. He's your That's Nathan Murphy. Pretty good results, to say the least. Electric, Owen. Really, really electric. It was, uh, it was such a great, great game. Really, really enjoyed it. Oh, I think it's absolutely fantastic because we, we beat Arsenal and we're a better team than Arsenal. The best results Spurs have had in a long time? Uh, I've no idea, but I'm going to say yes. If, if you want to watch Arsenal, they're hit and miss. We are the uh, basically the generic... Irish people's team, as in Robbie Keane. It feels like there's like a new wave of Spurs energy at the moment. I'd agree with you, Owen. I, I really would. Yeah, just six points, as, as you overheard, yeah. Now, Arsenal had Liam Brady, but we've now got Robbie Keane, who's one of our people. What a player. What a player. Absolutely. Top goal scorer for Ireland as well. Let's not forget. And Arsenal were bad, weren't they? Terrible. Really terrible. Uh, one of their worst performances in a while. But again, the atmosphere was really electric. It, it was tough. It's like first 30 minutes, I thought, oh, we're in trouble here. But you know what? He's missed one game all season, and I thought this was his game. He, he, he's seen Everton 5-0, and you think to yourself, oh, we, we won 5-0 getting to Everton. And today, Owen, you deserve that. Did you enjoy that game today? Yeah, I love the game. Was it, was we, played, we played really well. Best experience of life? Yeah, one of the best experiences of my life. Because we, when we, we, the last time we beat Arsenal, I think, was eight years ago at home. So, yeah, um, we did really well, I think. Yeah, and there's still hope, of course. Newcastle, Everton. Talk to me then. You're going to win? Yeah, against Newcastle, we have to win. Everton, tricky, tricky, tricky. What do you make of tonight's performance? Poor, poor. NKR, NKR, poor. Who else? Rob Holding, poor. You should have played Ben White. Um, who else? Martin, Martinelli should have been up front. Sorry, don't have a clue what he's saying. He's a gooner and he's a bad loser. That's all I've got to say, all right? We're shite. Simple as that. We are shit. But we're still going to get top four anyway. So, what was the biggest issue tonight, do you think? 
the red card, I thought that was absolutely shit. Other than that, I think first half was quite slow. We deserved, we didn't really deserve anything to be honest. Tom Ash, Minute, I'm a Spurs supporter. And yourself? JJ Walsh from Nice, Arsenal till I die. How do you manage to put up with him after that sort of result? Today, today, deeply disappointing, right? In fact, a humiliation. Nothing short of a humiliation. I don't want to see that happen again. They don't deserve Champions League. They really don't deserve it. I was hoping we had a close game. There'd be like 3 2, 2 1, something like that. So. 3-0 was great, we enjoyed it, but I do feel sorry for Tom. So you've got, you've got an any night of Turner's Cross, and then you've got a North London derby just below it. So that's all i got to say. As an Arsenal fan, you never want to feel like somebody feels sorry for you. Yeah. Exactly. But you know what? You know what? That's kind of what we feel these days, you know? It's increasingly a familiar We're both, we're both clear men, Owen. Honestly, it is. We're both clear men, so we're used to disappointment, in fairness. And <laughs> we are. Come on, the under-20s on Saturday against Tyrone. Unbelievable, to be honest. I, I wasn't expecting it. I expected maybe like a 2-1 win, but to get the 3-0 was quality. Like. What do you think of the atmosphere in there? Oh, brilliant. I lost my voice. I wasn't able to scream. Basically, um, Arsenal have turned up, and they've got apps. <laughs> they've had their pants pulled down. <laughs> and what, what, what? Every time we beat Arsenal under Pochettino, it's always like one goal. We're beating one nil or two one. I always say to mate, I really want to stick three or four past Arsenal. Well, we tonight, did it mate, tonight, didn't we? we put three past them. Mikel Arteta, you are a fake Zara top man, pet fake Guardiola, mate, and you will get absolutely bodied next season. And listen, Conte's still here, so good luck, fella. But yeah, the atmosphere was good, was this? Arsenal get battered everywhere they go! Everywhere they go! Arsenal get battered everywhere they go! Arsenal get battered everywhere they go! Everywhere they go! Arsenal fan TV! Suck on that!